welcome to the Successful Collective podcast with me, Jules Duncan. And myself, Marisa Devlin, talking all things women in business. If you want to find out more, then hit the subscribe button or reach out to us on the Successful Collective on Instagram. Marisa, as always, I'm going to start and ask you, what are you grateful for today? Well, I mean, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. My friend Edward is in Dubai and he's sending me lots and lots of photos. And, you know, it's one of my favourite places. But I am actually grateful for minus six degrees this morning on the dog walk. I was questioning whether dogs were allowed out in minus six, but Kobe had a jumper and a coat on. But the reason that I'm so grateful for it is I would take minus six any day with the lovely sparkly sunshine because everything's twinkling on the grass. It looks a bit glittery with the frost over rain. Oh, 100%. I'm so grateful for minus six. The sun is shining. It is beautiful in Scotland at the moment. What are you grateful for, Jules? Well, mine is kind of similar. I'm grateful that it has not, in fact, snowed. I... Oh hate snow seems people are like oh it's really nice to look up from the window no it's not Snow's <laughs> awful. it's the worst thing in the world for driving in for walking in and do you know what it is see if we lived in somewhere like finland for example <laughs> it, it literally snows here and it's nice for three seconds and then it's just muddy slush for a week so i am exceedingly grateful to look out my window and see absolutely zero snow <laughs> And I, and I appreciate the fact that because I predominantly work online, snow doesn't impact my business. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we <laughs> so today we're going to talk about, is your business big enough? And this has come from a chat we had about when you're in business, you always think about building the business bigger and every year there's new targets and you want to take in more revenue, make more profit. And that's the goal of a business yes but when do you get to the point that you're like do you know what not that your business is built because it will always evolve and be better but when is your business big enough that you're like right this level sustains my lifestyle it lets me lead a good happy rich life it doesn't need to necessarily scale or grow anymore how do you know you're at that point so I think that not straightforward answer to that is I do question whether you ever know but I do believe there are certain factors that you will know internally in terms of whether your business is big enough or not so I have told this story from the first team meeting that Bernie and I had with our first nursery team I think there was only five girls in the room and they were all girls at the time and Bernie waltzes into the meeting and says to them this is the plan we are going to have five nurseries within five years and I remember at that time so it was me that created the original business plan and a turnover was a massive factor and may I add it did not reach that turnover in year one at all and I over-egged everything and <laughs> um, my costs were under you can imagine so anyway I remember that very night it was a night team meeting thinking to myself what is Bernie talking about five nurseries in five years 
However, from that day forward, that was our absolute sole focus. And obviously we nailed it. And I think it was five and six or five and seven years that we achieved. But what I'm going to say is this, is was that business big enough? Now, the key things to consider is, is number one, is your business scalable? Mm -hmm. Is there a market demand to have a bigger business? Is there a customer base there? Now, one of the key things that occurred when we scaled up that business is our first business, the first nursery was in Erskine, and I was the original manager of that. Because the business was basically my baby, I went in and I sold that business every day. I loved it. I loved it. I breathed it. When you took me out of that nursery, everything there changed because people had an expectation that they were going to come in. This sounds very egotistical and it's not meant to be, but people had an expectation of me as a manager and then that changed. But what I did was I tried to then take my skills into overseeing the leadership of all of the nurseries and embedding what was originally really good about Enchanted Forest in that first nursery and embedding that across five sites. Now, what I would say is, if you've got processes in place, you can build a business that's big enough, a business that has one employee that is not going well is just as challenging as having a business that's five sites and over 120 staff. So really, really think about if what you're doing today is working really, really well, then is it scalable, first off? And also, right, so say if what you're doing today is working really well, you've got the money to live the life you want to live, you've got enough leisure time, time off, boundaries, all this kind of stuff. Do you need it to be any bigger? Do you want it to be any bigger? Not all, and I think, I wonder if social media has got a big impact on this, that so many people just think it, everything needs to be bigger, it needs to grow. You've got two sites, you should have four sites. You should hire another employee, you should hire a coach, you should hire whatever it might be. But when do you get to the point where you think, actually, this, this is what I wanted out of this business? And I think that's the key to it, is keeping that in mind. What what do you actually want to get from it? What's the point of having the business? Because it's not always necessarily to push the revenue up year on year. Like what's going to make you happy? Yeah, and also again that comes back to we talk about this all the time is going really back to basics and thinking about why are you doing what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you've just said there is about revenue and things like that. There's a massive, massive misconception that people have where they think if they scale up their business, if they open a second, a third or a fourth site, that actually that is going to increase profitability. That's not necessarily the case. So you really need to explore the relationship between your business size and profitability and think about as a business, how can you measure and improve profitability? You might actually be able to do this with your current business without scaling up and looking at cost management, price strategies, operational efficiencies, scaling up and becoming a big, bigger business actually sometimes adds costs and mm -hmm. layers of costs. So when you bring additional people in, 
that adds a completely different layer of costs, not just costs, but also time to your business that you might not necessarily have realised and really contemplated and thought about. You know, I've got to say, as I was listening to you talking, I thought, Bernie will love this, that you're shouting about cost management. <laughs> and the fact is, I'm, I'm so enthused this morning, <laughs> hands are going as well. <laughs> exactly. But it is true, and it's probably, you and I have both been guilty of this in the past, focusing on the revenue in, working to increase that, but maybe not controlling the costs. And actually, a lot of where your profit comes from is not just bringing in more revenue, it is about controlling the costs that go out. Exactly. And I'm going to give you a wee example. So where was I? My last holiday. You know what I'm like. As soon as I'm away and I'm reading, I'm in the zone of the reading. So quite often I have this conversation. So I've got Devlin Interior Design. And at the moment, it's a one-woman band. It's just me. And quite often when I've got downtime, I think, right, that's it. I'm going to look for a premises and I'm going to open not a, an interior design consultation place, but I'm going to open somewhere where clients can come in and speak to me about interior design, but I'm also going to sell things that clients can use to create a different aesthetic in their interior. So I think about this all the time. Right. Then I think about, okay, so currently, as it stands just now, Devlin Interior Design is myself. I have zero, and I mean zero, overheads, apart mm -hmm. from paying for one system, which is, okay, it's quite expensive, but I do need it. I then take on a shop, and it's either purchased or it's rented. I like to go on my holidays. It is challenging enough for me to work out doggy daycare, and then I think, so then I would need staff. I then start to think, do I want to work a Saturday? I certainly do not. Does that work around my family needs? It certainly does not. So I think about all these things and I think, no, we're staying in one woman band. Yeah, and there's like, that's what you've got to consider that people look at how to expand and actually it might massively expand your costs and not actually expand your revenue, in which case you're down a lot of money. Exactly, and I think, you know, I do... I love the idea of a premises, but I think, you know, people quite often will jump into that and they don't think about, okay, what are the ongoing costs of that? And actually, how much more business do you then need to generate to cover the costs of bricks and mortar? Now, I'll give you another example of some something that this, somewhere that this has worked. So talk about, we've got apartments at Glen Eagles and we started with one. You then look at the business model for two and you say, should we buy another apartment? So you've got all of the renovation costs to consider. But what has happened with that business model is our costs did not increase significantly at all to take on a second apartment, but the revenue doubles because you've got two apartments. So the additional costs are obviously your utilities and everything, your cleaning costs, but actually in terms of membership, things like that, we can use that across both sites. So that type of business model was an easy one to scale up very easily. It wasn't bringing in additional staff or anything like that. It was working with the team that we've got up there who could work across two sites. So that's an example where actually that's worked really well. And 
to go back to the interior design shop, right? So actually, when you look at it, it will make. Uh, I don't know if you're going to call it an interior design shop, are you? <laughs> no, no, certainly not. Listen to the personal <laughs> trainer. Um, but when you think about that, so would that make the business essentially bigger? Quite possibly. It depends on the costs in versus costs out. But what you go back to then is what you're going to what you're going to lose from that. You're going to lose the flexibility to go on holiday, the flexibility to go and meet pals for coffee of a random day, go out when Lucian's off school, you're still going to need that shop open. So what happens during, I don't know, eight weeks of summer holidays over the summer? So actually, when we come back to the question of, is your business big enough versus do you want to scale that business or do you want to, what are you getting from it at the moment? So actually for what you want from the interior design business in terms of enhancing your life, no, it doesn't need to be bigger. It's big enough because it works well as a business just now. It's serving clients. It's generating good revenue, but it is also giving you what you need. So in that case, we don't necessarily need to look at making it bigger because in this case, it's big enough. But when you look at Glen Eagles, when you only had one apartment, was that big enough? No. Yeah, I totally so the answer to that absolutely is yes, Devlin Interior is big enough. Please remind me of that when I tell you I'm going to look at premises. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there is another big lesson in this. And one day I was left absolutely furious when we, we owned the nurseries. We had a meeting with our then bank manager and may I add, we shifted really quickly after this. I was so livid. So we were, we were talking at that point about opening up our second site and the business bank manager came in and he said, mm, I mean, I'm not really sure that this is something that you should be doing because you'll dilute your brand. Well, I was absolutely livid. Now, when you take the emotion out of that, of course, he does have a point. But again, if you have got the policies and the procedures and that operational system in place, technically, if you box that off, you should be able to take that to another site. You should be able to train that out to another staff team without diluting the brand. Now, when we got to site number five, without a shadow of a doubt, we absolutely had a recognised brand. In fact, that existed by site number three. It was a recognised brand by that point. So that point that was made to me about diluting a brand, that just doesn't work. And I think you know yourself. If if you're if you're of the mindset of go big or go home, you will know yourself that this is your focus, this is your goal, is to make your business bigger. But my thing about all of that is ensure that you do your research at all times. Because there's going to be indicators that will determine as well. There'll be financial indicators and considerations that will also determine whether your big your business is big enough. But assume everything. So you've got the systems, the procedures, the branding, the staff. There's nothing stopping you from going bigger. But at what point should you not, though? So when do you say, even though the option is there and the opportunity is there and the setup is there, 
when do you get to the point? So why five nurseries? Why didn't you do six or seven? Because I think, I think there's a balance between growth and sustainability. I really do. And so I think that balanced approach to growth is really, really crucial. And also we were very focused in a kind of geographical area as well, which wouldn't have taken us out. Now, you do know this story, but we did consider going into a joint venture and that joint venture would have scaled up that business massively. But when it came to the crunch and it came to somebody saying to me around a boardroom, boardroom table, yeah, and we will give you targets. And I thought, oh my goodness. Again, I then and Bernie and I did not have the destiny in our own hands and we were very, very keen. But I think the balance of growth and sustainability, because I do believe there's a tipping point in business. I do believe that you can get to a level where you're too big. Now, let's just use these examples just now. I'm not going to use their names, but there's two big house builders, massive big house, house builders, one of which we bought from have just gone under this week. I don't know what the answer to that is, but had they geared up with banks too much, were they too big? Did they step over the line? That's a question. And that's, so say you had went to six, seven, eight nurseries, what would have been the impact then on your life? So outside, like how would that have then tipped the balance? I think by that stage, because we had a central team, actually the tipping of the balance for me would have been fine. But what would have then happened is, as we scaled up that type of business, that central team, if you can imagine that central team was an additional cost. So if you're on a single site nursery, you don't have a central team. When you scale up, the central team that we created was an additional cost to that business. So the more sites that you brought on, the potential was you were going to need more people centrally, and that was just making more and more costs that actually came off your bottom line. So to go to six, seven or eight probably would not have increased our profitability at all. So therefore, do you put the additional hours in do you bring additional team members in and actually your profitability is staying the same? The answer to that definitely is no. And also, I think it's right. So say, for example, to give you an, a fitness example, you get the most health benefits from the first 7,000 steps of the day, right? This 10,000 steps is a marketing point. So forget your 10,000 steps. You will get the most benefit, the most health benefits from the first 7,000 steps of the day. If you keep doing more steps, you won't then, if you do 14,000 steps, you will not double the health benefits. It tapers off. So actually, if you think of it in terms of, it's called the law of diminishing returns, but if you think of it in terms of business, how much benefit do you get in your life from building the business to paying you 30K a year, right? Do you keep building it so that you earn 60K a year tax aside, right? So 60k a year, are you going to get double the, the benefits to your life for putting in that extra work? Or actually, do you look at 30k and think, well, at 30k, I've got enough money to do what I want to do. I've got a nice house, I've got a nice car, I go on holiday, I can take my family out for dinner. And I've got all of this extra time. So actually at 30k, 
salary for me. That's the business, big enough. Or I think some people then fall into the trap of you need to just keep making it bigger. Actually, you've got lots of available time and resources, so just keep building. And I think it gets to the point that you need to think, what do I actually want from this business? What was the whole point of starting it? And like for us, control and flexibility are two of the biggest benefits to us of having a business. So that joint venture would have taken away one of the biggest things your business gave you. Now, I think, I actually think it's easy for us to sit here and say that, to know that. So I think a lot of what we are saying today is about, we can say it with experience. Mm. I think a lot of our listeners have just heard you saying, do I want to earn 30 or do I want to earn 60k? And I think there'll be quite a big proportional say, no, I'm, I'm here for the 60k. So the benefit of experience is, I guess it's about life balance, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I absolutely it. want you to contact me and say, can we go for coffee, you know, tomorrow? And I can say, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm I'm there for that. So that for me is a, li- a life choice. Now, what I will also say as part of that life choice for me is because we've sold that, you know, the five nurseries. Mm-hmm. So that's actually made my decision making much, much different. I think, you know, if I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago setting up Devlin Interior Design, yeah, I would probably be looking at teams by now. You know, I'm three years in, I'd be looking at, okay, who can I take on? Let me get the premises. Let's be all over that. As a business, this suits me and I'm loving it. And I don't need to worry about managing a team. I've obviously got that with the Cove, so... It absolutely suits me. I work, you know, you know what it's like. I work at times it suits me. Sometimes I'm working till 11, 12 o'clock. Other times, you know, I'm away during the day for a coffee. So I think it's about a choice that people make for themselves. But what I would say is don't make that choice unless you absolutely know your business inside out. Because by scaling up, if you think you're going to earn extra, you need to know that the business can do that. Mm -hmm. You need to know that actually there's leverage in there to enable you to earn the extra and and make sure that actually by scaling up, it's not going to cost you. Mm -hmm. As soon as you increase your team, it's costing you in time, effort and in money. Yeah. But one of the best things I loved about the nurseries was having a huge team. I just loved that. I suppose there's no, there's no right or wrong with all of these things, and I think that's the mistake a lot of people make, is they look at the way one person does it. Yeah. They're very successful. They're very happy in their business. I should do that. So for you and I, at this point, we think a lot more about work-life balance. And actually, I want to do things like go places. I want to be able to go for coffee. I don't want to be working 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day. But in years gone by, we would have done, like when I had my first studio and we knew the nurseries, our work-life balance was very different. Absolutely. I think, about what stage are you at? And the question I would always come back to is, what do you want to get from this business? And keep coming back to that. It's a wee bit like starting with why. Yeah. Why are you doing what you're doing? And don't forget that. And actually, is it enough money just to do what you want to do, go the places you want to go, feel comfortable and have time? Because I think you can always, you just can't buy more time. 
And I think when people are also, I think time, I mean, time, that time factor, we always say you never get the time back. And it's so true. And I think when people are looking at, is their, big, is their business big enough? The other thing you need to think about is, I also believe that there's massive opportunities out there, but there's also times where markets become saturated. So one of the things you need to consider is, is there room for the growth of your business? Because if your business is going exceptionally well at the moment and you then decide to scale up and make that business bigger, is it that at that point that the market becomes saturated and then actually your business starts going into a loss-making position? So there's so many points to consider. I suppose that's a whole podcast in itself. And we could actually I know. Next week, factors to consider to scale your business. Yeah. Right, we'll cover that next week. Brilliant. If you have got any thoughts on if your business is big enough, how you decide what you need from your business, and is your business providing you with what you want for your life, reach out and let us know on social media at The Successful Collective.